Our second reading for the day comes from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 20th chapter, and can also be found in the middle of your bulletin insert should you wish to read along. Let us receive the word of God however our hearts might. So read along, close your eyes, let it wash over you, whatever you feel is right. We open with a parable from Jesus. For the sovereignty of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said to them, you also go into the vineyard and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last, and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last, these, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give this last the same as I give you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. May the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight, O God. So, straight off the top of your head, no editing. Give me some response. Not fair. Poor, poor, poor labor practices. Absolutely. But wait for me, I can laugh. There. All right. So basically, this isn't right, right? Am I right? Yes. Can you see any of this being okay with any union you've ever known? anywhere in your entire lives. Would this get past a union vote? No. Ain't no way. 
The last guys work an hour. The first guys work 12 hours for the same pay. To be fair and just, the vineyard owner would either pay the first workers hired 11 hours of overtime, <laughs> the second hired eight hours of overtime, et cetera, et cetera, all the way down to the first who would then rightly receive the usual daily wage, or the last hired would receive one-twelfth the daily wage, and the vineyard owner could work his way back up to a full day's wage for full day's pay. Doing the math, that would be fair, right? Right. And we all like things fair. Fair makes it so we know what to expect. There are no surprises. To be fully transparent here in all of this, I feel that I must admit to you all that I am Presbyterian. <laughs> Shocker, right? And interestingly enough, one of the guiding principles of the Presbyterian Church is that we do things decently and in order. We may not agree with the outcomes, but we can hang our hats on a just process, open discussion, a vote, and the results of that vote being public. There is no mystery. Transparency is king, and that is as it should be. But even allowing for the fact that this is the optic that I bring to this text, getting comfortable with this passage is really tough, I think, for most of us. So I sat with it. And eventually, as I sat with it, my attention was drawn to a single sentence in one of my readings. This sentence happened to mention that the landowner had not, in fact, promised anyone except those first hired the usual daily wage. I hadn't even noticed. Did you? No. So I went back. I heard a yes over there somewhere. So I went back to see exactly what had been said. As it turns out, the vineyard, vineyards, vineyard owners promise to those hired in the second round of hires was that he would pay them whatever is right. So now this changes the question a little bit in my mind. With such obvious unfairness, what would make it right for the vineyard owner to pay the first hired and the last hired the same amount? The Greek denarius was the standard usual daily wage for laborers of that day. And the reason it was standard was that it was possible to feed a typical peasant family for a day with a denarius. In other words, what made it right was that it was the equivalent of the daily bread that God provided in this morning's first reading, the manna from heaven. The denarius was the means to the daily bread we pray for each time we gather as the body of Christ and pray, give us this day our daily bread. Now, it just so happens that I was digging into all of this right around September 4th. You may not remember, 
But that's when the protests outside the fast food restaurants across the country were happening from LA to New York. Unfortunately, there wasn't much press given to it because there was such horrible news coming out of the Middle East. But the protests were sparked by a debate over raising the minimum wage for employees of companies such as McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King. The current minimum wage is $7.25 an hour, or approximately $15,000 annually. The, those protesting are asking for $15 an hour, or roughly $30,000 a year. So to put this into context, the National Low Income Housing Coalition reported that as of March of this year, to afford a, quote, market rate one bedroom apartment in San Francisco, <laughs> one would have to make $29.83 an hour, or double what the protests, protesters are asking for. According to Yahoo Answers, a New York City apartment on the other side of the country would be around $2,000 a month, requiring $3,000 take-home pay a month, or $36,000 annually. It was mentioned that in New York it is possible to do it for less, but, and I quote, it depends on how much you value not being mugged or shot. <laughs> what it means to have to figure that into the calculations when looking for a place to live is a subject for a different day. But that the employees of this nation's fast food restaurants are dealing with the same issues as the first century laborers, in my mind, is unmistakable. How are the fast food workers going to provide the daily bread that seems to be a God-given birthright when they are making half of what they need to provide it. It seems to me that this is the intersection here of what is fair, what is expected, what is calculable, and what is so abundant, so over-the-top magnanimous that all I can call it is grace. And here in poetry, I think, is the simple difference. The 8th century poetess, help me with the pronunciation, Carolyn, Rabia, yeah. Rabia, puts the concept of what I am loosely referring to as fair most eloquently in her poem, I Hope God Thinks Like That. The poem goes like this. There is a dog I sometimes take for a walk and turn loose in a field. When I can't give her that freedom, I feel in debt. I hope God thinks like that and is keeping track of all the bliss God owes me. That would be fair, right? But you see, I don't think God does think like that. Instead, I think what Jesus does in our parable this morning is completely dismisses the notion of being fair and replaces it with the notion of grace. 
and what is grace? The simplest definition I could find is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and bestowing and bestowal of blessings. Pierre Teilhard de Chardin speaks of grace as the unfolding of the universe, writing the most telling and profound way of describing the evolution of the universe would undoubtedly be to trace the evolution of love. That said, however, I think my favorite statement comes from Anne Lamott, who writes this. I don't understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are, but does not leave us where it found us. The last laborer's hire surely did not deserve a full day's wage. It was not fair and is not fair. I can't tell you if this country's fast food workers deserve a 100% increase in pay. I can't tell you what the effect on the profitability of the fast food industry would be, which is important considering how many they employ. I can't tell you should the demands of the protesters come to pass if less people would actually be hired if the raise were to go into effect as the economists and the statisticians say it would. But I can tell you that all of us, as God's precious children, are worthy of the promise of our daily bread, and perhaps even though it would be much more fair and easily understandable, perhaps it's not through our hard work because we do work hard. But maybe instead it's by the grace of God's unbounded love, incalculable, immeasurable, and mysterious beyond understanding that we are able to grasp God's promise of daily bread. Perhaps our, pro our job as Christians is to let the unions be fair while we offer to the world a crazy, over-the-top notion of grace, perhaps. Amen. <laughs>